Good morning. I'm Lee Richardson, and I'm so glad that you're joining me for In Your Head. And today, literally, I could get in your head with virtual reality. It's, you know, virtual reality is a part of everyday life, and more and more it's being used as a way to learn and to train. And I ran across a study a couple of weeks ago that was done by the University of Maryland, and I'm fortunate enough to have the lead researcher, Eric Crocus, join us today. And he's going to tell us about the study and tell us about what they learned and how how the world is using virtual reality. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Lee. It's good to be here. Yeah. So tell me, how did you guys come up with the idea to do this study? So I'm a bit of a history nerd, like on the side, and I particularly like studying ancient history. And it's interesting because you go way back into the past and you come to a time before they even had written paper. So it was just how do people store and communicate information in a period before you had written language or something to write on. And one of the ways they did this was through this idea of a memory palace. And this, the earliest records go back to ancient Greece and like Cicero from ancient Roman times. And the idea is you, you associate the environment that you are in with information. So if you're in an amphitheater and you're reciting your poetry, you would recite different stanzas of your poetry with like various parts of the seats. And basically after enough practice, you just look at those various areas and you're able to recall that specific piece of information naturally. And this was just one mnemonic technique that they had used. And as we're starting to go back into these virtual environments and we're starting to bring the environment back into our computational realm, it was like, well, maybe let's start looking back at what the ancients did and see if we can apply that to today. So that was more or less the inspiration for the study. So is this study your idea or was it a, a group yes. project? Well, I mean, okay. Mine and my professors. So this this was something that kind of evolved over multiple iterations, and this is kind of what we landed on. So it's my understanding you got 40 students that wanted to see if they could improve their learning capabilities by using virtual reality? Yeah, that's correct. So in the study, what we did was we had, as you said, 40 participants, and we wanted to compare their ability to learn and recall information You know, when using a traditional desktop and using virtual reality. So what we did was we created two virtual environments, a medieval town and a ornate palace. And within these virtual environments, we placed 20 faces of very recognizable people like uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, Katy Perry, Arnold Schwarzenegger, kind of all around these virtual environments, you know, all around the participants. And they were given five minutes to kind of look all around and familiarize themselves with those faces and kind of remember who was where. And then what we did was we kind of gave the participants a, a, a quick break period. And then what would happen is they would come back, be placed into these virtual environments, and the faces would be replaced by numbers. And the participants had to recall which person was at each numbered location and then provide a confidence in their recall. And as we found, you know, when the participants did this on the desktop versus the end of the display, we found an on average 8.8% overall improvement in their ability to recall the names accurately on the head mounted display. And that for about 40% of our participants, they actually did about a letter grade better than they would have otherwise. So that was really exciting. That's impressive. 
That's very impressive, and that excites me because I work with a lot of people that have learning differences and dyslexia. You know, there's a lot of nobody learns the same way, and the thought that right. maybe virtual reality could make those learning experiences easier, more meaningful, I find very exciting. Yeah, definitely. So it's like you you think of a traditional class when I grew up. You know, it was all books and lectures, and it was. It was very apersonal, and you you really couldn't get into what you were learning. But now with virtual reality, instead of you know going to the lecture hall or just reading out of a book, you would maybe hopefully in the future just check out like a virtual reality program on you know the Battle of Agincourt, or you would pick out a virtual reality program on Newtonian physics, and you would be placed immersively into these educational environments. And one, you'd be able to establish a connection of a more intrinsic connection with what you're doing and what you're seeing. And then hopefully by being placed in these environments, you would be able to recall what you learned more, more better, essentially. And try to take your grade level up a, a notch. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, hopefully so. Yeah. So how else do you see, you know, virtual reality is part of everybody's life. How else do you see it being the most beneficial for us? Oh, boy. So... I mean, if you think about it, right now we use compute desktop computers for everything. And if you think of the evolution of how we've consumed and, and produced media, we've kind of went from you know, cave walls to clay tablets to paper to now desktops. You know, vir I believe and argue that virtual reality is the next step in that evolution of content, of displaying content and the way we consume it. And I mean, really, the possibilities are are endless. I mean. Especially like as we kind of mentioned, education, but not just you know, you know, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, but like in training for more specific professions such as engineering, science, the medical industry. Uh, you mean even within our own lab, we're currently trying to develop new tools and techniques for training you know, uh, surgeons. So we were actually invited to the Baltimore University of Maryland Baltimore Shock Trauma Center, and uh, the surgeons there actually had us take on the role of a surgeon in training. And we got to experience it firsthand and just how difficult it was to learn how to be a surgeon. Because the problem is, is you know, when, you're, when you're a surgeon, you're a doctor, you're standing over the patient and you're the only one who can see the patient. And as a student, you're standing against the back wall observing from a distance. And what would be really nice is if you could take the position of the surgeon, stand in his shoes and see what he's doing from his perspective. I mean, that would be the best way to learn, you know, and you can really see what's going on, what he's doing with the, with the patient, you know, how they're laid out and what's going on, and just really get firsthand experience that you wouldn't be able to get from, say, a video or a book. Oh, nothing's the same as seeing it. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words, and to be able to actually experience that, what a yeah. learning opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's not only just, you know, the education side of it, just you know, coming back to the surgeon themselves, one thing we one thing we notice is they tend to operate by feel, which may scare you. But if you think about it, the surgeon they've they've got their nurses to either side, they've got the X-rays up on one screen, they've got you know, vitals up on the other screen, and they're constantly trying to monitor and absorb all of this information while they've got their hands inside you, and it's just. So a lot of times they're not even really looking at you half the time when they're operating on you because they're busy looking looking at all these other things. So what would be great is if we could give them like a heads up display 
which while they're looking at the patient, let them see, okay, well, here's what the x-ray is saying, here's what your vitals are saying, and then even better would be like, let's say they had a CAT scan or you need to do some very intrusive surgery or intrusive procedure on the patient, it would be nice to directly overlay what needs to happen on the patient so the doctor can see exactly where they need to like make an incision or go in rather than having to rely on like a third like image or abstract representation of what they need to do. So it's really just about empowering the surgeon with more information and making their lives a lot easier. Well, that's pretty impressive. And you know, when I think about how it could be used in mental health, because there, we have a lot of people that come back from war that have severe PTSD. And we have a lot of people with anxiety. And could virtual reality yeah. be used as a way for people to become more comfortable with where they are now and what they've been through? That's, I, I understand there's some, I think it's University of Dallas, maybe doing some counseling using some virtual reality with PTSD. Um, are you aware of any other applications in the healthcare? Yeah, well, yeah. So, uh, so I'm not, it's not specifically PTSD, but there was a study that was done that, that showed or that found that the same pathways in the brain that process vision are mm -hmm. also the same pathways that process pain. So there's been a lot of work on trying to use virtual reality as a supplement or a replacement for pain medication you know, with the whole opioid crisis. So what they do is, okay, you're a patient lying in the hospital bed. Okay, you're not really going anywhere. You're in pain. So you know, let's let's try to help you in any way we can. So what they've done is put virtual reality headsets on you, and basically let's take you somewhere else. So let's take you skiing. Let's take you to the beach. It's, it's almost like a distraction. And what they found is this is a pretty a pretty good replacement or a substitute or a supplement for pain medication. That's fabulous. So this is a very exciting. Yeah. Well, I do know pain lives in the brain. It does not live in the body. So I think yeah. that that's what a great way to treat people in a much more healthy aspect. And I, I really think that with pain, you have some anxiety, you have some frustration. And if they can escape that pain, they can ex escape that anxiety and frustration at the same time. So that's fascinating. Yeah. You're just full of good news. Is there anything else yeah. that, that you'd like to share with, with us today? Um. So, I mean, there's maybe not on such the same level, but there's a whole emphasis now on uh, data analysis. So just trying to understand large amounts of data. So whether you're a stock trader, you're a businessman, you're an engineer, you've got to process and visualize large amounts of data. So one of the things that I'm specifically working on in my research is how do we transform these abstract non-spatial data sets? So like, you know, stock trading, uh, internet networks, how do we transform that into a way that virtual reality can help us understand what's going on? And these can help us prevent, you know, future uh, you know, internet attacks. So that was one, one thing, well, set of research we had done. Um, you know, how do we build better buildings? How do we understand more complex relationships that perhaps would be more difficult to understand through traditional, just flat two-dimensional uh, desktops? Wow, that sounds very exciting. And I understand that's your next role. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Well, you're going to be you're going to do great. And I really am going to be following you. I'm so glad I found the study. 
and uh, I will be kind of keeping my eyes open and following you to see what you're going to bring next. Thank you so much for being our guest today. And, no, thank you. It was a pleasure. You know, and, and he, Eric shared so much information about how valuable virtual reality can be in, in a learning and a in business, healthcare. But, you know, I had the experience, I was lucky enough to get to experience virtual reality in more of a fun way. I took a little trip out to the Fort Worth Museum of Science and was shown the virtual reality experience that they're setting up there. The um, Morgan was a great, Morgan Reinberg was a great host, and he actually wanted to take me on a little trip to Mars. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I enjoyed putting that virtual reality headset on and walking around in it. And it was interesting because when I first put it on, you know, I was a little, un, I was a little uneasy. I felt a little like my balance might be off. And when I walked very tentatively, and then after, you know, after a few minutes, I was like, okay, this is fun. And, of course, none of the rest of us have ever, ever had a chance to go land on the moon. Uh, but this gives us the opportunity to see what they were seeing and experience what they were experiencing uh, on, on the lunar surface. And so that makes it a, a tremendous teaching opportunity uh, in the same way that uh, a still photograph in a book or mounted on the wall uh, in one of our exhibits might be. Here, it puts you in the center of the action. The more engaged and involved you are with something, the more likely you are to remember it. Uh, and so we have decades of research going back to things like the planetarium that tell us that when you have an experience that is all-encompassing, uh, you sort of lock in more and you retain more information. Uh, but the planetarium only lets you kind of look up and yeah. see what's around you. You can't look, you look down and you see your feet and the seats. And, and you know you you're in the planetarium. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what VR lets you do is be completely immersed in a different world. So when you, I first got put the headset on and I was trying to explore my world, I, I, I was a little nervous. It was so, but you, the experience was so real. The clouds were so beautiful. The sun was so bright. The birds were flying. It was, I, I just couldn't believe how real it was. I forgot that I was at the science museum. I thought I was outside getting ready to sit down and have a picnic. It was a great experience. And that exhibit will be become live in May. And I really encourage all of you because what they're going to do is show the astronauts taking a walk on Mars. And I think we may be able to show some of that today too. So I'm going to leave you with a virtual reality experience. And thank you so much for listening. And if you want more information, always check our Facebook and our YouTube channel and the good old-fashioned website.